Welcome to Re-Review, where we watch movies from our past with a perspective from today. Your hosts are Matt, Bobby, and Austin, and we love the films from our youth, so we're taking a look back to see if they still hold up. On this episode, we're discussing Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It was released in 2008, directed by Steven Spielberg, stars Harrison Ford, Kate Blanchett, and Shia LaBeouf. The fourth movie in the franchise asks us if the truth is out there. Now, this is a fair warning. We're spoiling a 15-year-old movie, so if you haven't seen it, we will be revealing key plot points. You know, 19, 19 years in between films is a pretty long time. Um, I think, Matt, you had some notes there that really, after the trilogy was done, that was kind of where it should ended. So uh, bringing this fourth movie out in 2008, was, was, it, was, was there, during in 2008... Were they really trying to pull at our nostalgia heartstrings? I know it's very prevalent now. Like everything is all about tying into people who grew up in the 80s and 90s. But in 2008, was it there to try to really pull everyone back in to enjoy Indiana Jones? It kind of feels that way. The way that it was presented and the trailers for sure was definitely trying to, you know, play into nostalgia. Because I mean, it's 2008, right? So it's, you know, pre-financial crisis and all that, you know, we're, you know, just getting out of the dark night and everything else. Like, I feel like this was the era of, you know, trying to play into it. Um, I think as much as possible. I don't know if the movie was successful in that, to be honest. Like, you could see it throughout the movie where they tried to do those kind of beats, especially at the beginning. But if I compare this to, like, other movies that are really playing into nostalgia, I don't know if it was as successful as, you know something like stranger things or, you know, those kind of, you know, movies that lean a little bit more into it. I think, mm-hmm. um, I personally, I feel like the biggest flaw in this movie probably has to be the fact that, um, it is kind of an unnecessary movie <laughs> in a lot of ways because it, it, you know, the third one I felt was such a good send off to it, um, as a franchise, this one just didn't feel like it was really as necessary. Cause like to me, a, a movie like this uh, functions more as a device to set up what's next mm-hmm. more than anything else. So like you would have, you know, it, it, you know, thankfully it didn't feel that way watching it this time, but I remembered it doing this more, but you know, it felt like the first time I watched it, that it was trying to set up, you know, the, the new adventures of Mutt Jones or whatever, yeah, yeah. where it was going to, mm-hmm. it was going to try to set up who's going to take over the mantle. Cause you see that all the time in like comics and everything else, you know, where you would see, you know, the original character mentors, the new character, they try to do it in the sequel trilogy for star Wars. Right. With mm-hmm. you had Harrison Ford in the first one, Luke Skywalker in the second one, probably like it was supposed to be Leia in the third one, all setting up, you know, what the new, the new era was going to be. And this one sure. did it really do that in a, like in a good way. And I kind of wish it kind of had as strangely, you know, as strange as that to say, I kind of wish that Mutt Jones wasn't <clears throat> Shia LaBeouf. And, uh, you know, he, he more like, I, you know, I don't really see that this character was going to become the next Indiana Jones, to be honest. It just wasn't there because they're trying to pull those heartstrings and and Bobby maybe you can recall this did when they were releasing this did you go see it in the theaters were you excited about the idea of another Indiana Jones I did I was excited I really wanted to see another one I mean more of a good thing 
it was just more good stuff for me. So I was definitely interested in trying to see it. And I'm real curious about the next one too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Even I'm, after it, this. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested in seeing what they could do with it, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I think that the producers of the films really enjoy making them. And so I think that's one of the reasons they're like, Hey, let's keep doing this. Cause we really have a good time together and really enjoy it. Whether that kind of joy comes across on the screen is maybe a little bit debatable. But... That is a polite way of putting it. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about some pretty big gaps in between, you know, these these films are 20 years there, 2008 to 2023 for the next Indiana Jones. I mean, Harrison Ford, I guess kudos to you, sir. Either that paycheck is that good or you love the character that much. Yeah, that's pretty impressive to keep going on. What is he, like 80? It's got to be the <laughs> the only, he's the only character I can think of that basically like started, you know, such a huge time gap in between the first movie and maybe the last one, I hope, I don't know, you know, so. <laughs> but, but doesn't mean, this, as Bobby, doesn't this get into kind of what Matt was saying in terms of the mantle change and it, don't we need someone else to be in this role at this point? I mean, I mean I, why are we so tied to actors being you know the incarnation of something why can't it be someone else i think they've tried it in other movies like they tried another solo movie and it it didn't just quite have that same pop without harrison ford you know i think there's something to be said for harrison ford that he's yeah but he's got the same thing about sean connery right yeah no i mean like it yeah and personally like the best way to go is maybe go back in time. I mean, I I do think there's it's worth like trying to do some kind of spin-off situation, like maybe like a Ravenwood story. I mean, there's clearly like a lot of storytelling that they do in between the movies. Like they talked about him as like a a war hero and winning a whole bunch of medals and being a great hero for his country and that's kind of like, you know, all implied that happened like previous to these. So I mean, we did kind of we we skipped like a whole ass war, <laughs> like in between right. the movies, right? Like a whole major mm-hmm. world war was just skipped over. Yeah, but I I think maybe like a young Ravenwood like type of archaeologist type of guy that's kind of in the same kind of vein as Indiana Jones would work. But no, Indiana but I mean, Jones. That's just it. We 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 accept. You mentioned Sean Connery. We accept other Bonds now. We sure as hell except spider-mans man they're <laughs> different them out they're, right. we accept different batmans like what what makes indiana jones why does it have to be harrison ford i mean you could i think the problem is is if it doesn't work it kind of taints the the image a little bit i mean i think it's it's hard to you know i mean like who is it gonna be right like chris pratt or you know like it just but i mean i just everyone don't see it that. i I think it's better like to just try to do something else that's in this world. So you think that there's no other stories that Indiana Jones could be told like Indiana Jones is done. There's nothing. Cause again, character actor there, there's two different things. You think there's no stories during world war two, you know, the younger years or anything like there's no stories to be told. What, for a, what about Jones. Austin's favorite thing, a TV show? Even then, yeah, I but, think that would probably yes. work better than yes. a feature but he, series. But but you're saying that even in that context, you still don't want to see any more Indiana Jones. I mean, I, it's I don't Harrison really Ford or bust. I mean, that's the way I feel now. I mean, I'd almost prefer it to be like if they're going to do it again, for it to be like an unknown type of guy. 
as opposed to like some actor who we've already seen as a bunch of other things. I, I get that. Like you don't want to pull in someone who you know from other things. You want to be surprised by someone else's skill. Yeah, I mean, I want to see what they would bring to it. But I mean, I, I think part of the problem is they tried that with Solo, and but I that, don't think that wasn't Solo's. That wasn't Solo's problem, though. If you watch it, like the actor <sighs> playing Han Solo was not the problem. The actor no, but... like Donald Glover playing Lando Carrizan wasn't the problem. It was bad storytelling and it was a bad time and a bad setup. It like those things were not the problem with that movie. If you ask me, I actually think that oh, I can't, I don't remember his name. I'm sorry. I'm terrible with names. Uh, but, uh, uh, Alden Ehrenreich or something. Or, or, I actually think yeah. he did a good job. I think he yeah, did. No, I, I think I he did too. a good job playing Han Solo without trying to be a mockery of, or a imitation of Harrison Ford. I think you mm-hmm. could do the same thing here. Just like James Bond, Harrison Ford, versus you know any other you know pierce brosnan versus harrison ford like not harrison ford sorry sean connery uh you know you have those two bonds and they're just different generational bonds you could do the same Mm -hmm. thing here Mm -hmm. i think that you know we always will protect something until it happens how many of those batmans have been announced and like just killed you know, prior to release, and most of them, some excluded, have been fondly remembered over time. I mean, we would still, you know, be stuck with the Adam West Batman if we were just sticking yeah, to mean, nostalgia. Uh, I honestly, do like that like, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> like, if if I were a Paramount studio executive, I would be trying to push for more stories in this. I mean, why would you not? I mean... I think there's there's that built-in IP that the studios are always looking for. So well, I was that's, just, that's a good point. The IP thing in terms of, you know, it being rehashed and here we are. They're making another one and most likely this will not be the end of it <laughs> based on what we're discussing. But I think, um, you know, thinking about the areas where or the times and places that another Indiana Jones story can take place, especially with all this backstory we have that, that could be filled out. When we think about our technology... And I know, Matt, you have a lot of notes on this. <laughs> we, you know, we we are set in these uh, in the past, in between world wars and different things like that. And this movie is very heavy on CG. <laughs> and if we get into the beats of the movie, uh, even at the start, we we just notice things that were off. I think about the the coloring of the sky, and that maybe wasn't necessarily CG, but definitely mm-hmm. some you know lighting choices and and you know, walking through to them going into the warehouse of so doing the callback, the nostalgia pull in terms of, uh, oh, you remember this from the first movie? <laughs> member Berries, right? That's what it is. Um, and uh, But through all of that, there was just a, a bit of artificialness that seems like it could not be escaped. And it didn't, it didn't feel good. Not in the way that, you know, we normally try. I try to give passes to CG. I really do. And it just didn't land for me. It happened a lot more than I remember it happening. I mean, a lot of people always bring it up. I mean, start. I mean, literally, the movie starts with a CGI gopher, gopher, gopher. Um, you know, and it just kind of goes from there. And I think I said it while we were watching it: the fact that you know, the the very nature of the usage of CGI is, you know, the same problem with the prequels, right? In Star Wars. At some point, you're like, did we really need to make this entire set CGI? 
right? You couldn't have just went like went to a jungle or you know, you could like you couldn't have just gone back to Hawaii, Steven Spielberg. You've been there a lot. You can go back. <laughs> like it's okay. So it's, yeah, it it's just excessive and it doesn't it's not used right in this movie. And like yeah, you can always say the time period, but again, 2008's not that long ago. It isn't. So they didn't have much excuse for it. It was just overused and probably like most things probably didn't have enough time or budget to really get it as polished as it needed to. Like it definitely Mm -hmm. felt very much like um, what, like it probably felt like watching an old serial, probably probably like George Lucas growing up as a kid watching a serial and seeing like projection screens set up. So like Mm -hmm. I, I could totally Mm -hmm. imagine having two of those Jeeps during the, the forest sequence and having them fighting and having a rear projection map thing whizzing yeah. by you know i could see that i kind of feel like that would look cool it probably looked better <laughs> to be honest but like that's kind of the way it came off i guess so maybe maybe we're wrong maybe all this bad cga was intentional maybe it was meant to feel cheesy and you know be movie-ish they did talk about how you know a lot of these movies are homages to other movies and the fact that they had the area 51 situation in it you know like definitely like set it up for the 50s kind of like Mm -hmm. nuclear type of you know horror movie types plan nine from outer space type of movies i mean i feel like before we get into the characters because i do want to talk about them and especially some of the things that happen here how um how do you feel about the fantasy element of this film how do you feel about the sheer invulnerability (laughs) of our characters the (laughs) The the just the things that they were put through nuclear explosion, for example, falling off multiple waterfalls, having large metal things drive over vehicles that they are riding in concussions that never seem to really concuss. I mean, there's a lot going on here, let alone a uh, <clears throat> spoiler alien spaceship taking off and <laughs> right in their proximity and everything is a OK. How do we feel about the it seems even i guess even more uh it's extra than i think the other films it it pushed it a little bit much for me well (laughs) i mean a little bit outside considering if you think about the other movies or whatever it's not uncommon for indiana jones to get kind of messed up in those Mm -hmm. movies i mean getting shot in the arm or you know you would see him get all torn up and stuff like that I feel like you didn't really even see that in this movie. Like, yeah, I think he got like a bloody mouth or something like that in one of the shots yeah. or, but it was pretty minimum. And like, I don't know, again, is it back to that homage to the old movies or whatever? Or like, you know, they were basically invincible or like it, it, it did, it did kind of stand out a little bit more in this one compared to, especially like the scene with, um, cause they use it a lot in the trailer where he uses the whip inside of area 51 yeah. inside the mm-hmm. warehouse and he tries to land he falls back it's like haha it's funny he's older now like right, all stuff. Right. him crashing through that was metal <laughs> he went through metal and glass and he was just oh i'm gonna do a quip now you know punch a couple guys out the jeep are, yeah. are we are we are we sure that the grail didn't make him immortal like <laughs> we, that's what it is it was the grail like it's okay so he became immortal 
we'll say he did some stuff with Mary and that made her immortal. They pumped out a kid. He's immortal. <laughs> he's and, uh, 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 crap. I can't remember what his name was. Ox- Oxley. He has a crystal skull that made him immortal. There we go. There we go. Uh, right. See, there you go. I do. I do like what you did there to make this all work for me. I do appreciate that. But I thinking about the throwback, let's go back to the first film. We talked about our challenges we had with the relationship that was established for Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood and what that meant. So they bring this back to us. They circle it back and we have these two characters together again. They try to recall their initial bickering, like, how dare you, Indy? I still miss you somehow. And next thing you know, they're getting married at the end of the film. What Mm -hmm. happened here that they felt they needed to kind of rush and put this back in place? Uh, I mean, this is where I guess like it's a, I think I said it a lot during this. There was a lot of conveniences in this movie. And I feel like that was one where like they had to kind of write like the, like the trackers or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. to, to explain how the Russians, I feel like somebody was like, well, how the Russians find them if they lost them? Oh, they're dropping little geo trackers or whatever. And I was right. like, I'm pretty sure a geo tracker back in 1950 would be the size of like, in like toolbox or something. I'm sure it wouldn't be it that definitely, small. It, it looked like the thing that was in Austin Powers. Yeah. That came out of the, yeah. 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 Anyways. Um, so like, I feel like what I could see the, the train of thought, which was uh, we would like to have somebody take over the role of Indiana Jones. Do we have it be just some random person? Well, what about if it's his son? Well, who would he have a son with? Well, the only one he's really had a real relationship with Marion. So vis-a-vis now we need to have Marion involved in the story because we need to have that callback. Plus again, like you said, you know, they're having fun making the movies. Let's bring back our old castmates or whatever. Let's have a good fun time having a reunion special essentially. And so in their logic, they put those things together, but like, story wise it doesn't make much sense because even at the end of the first movie if you ask me do you think these two are going to get married i'd be like no they shouldn't get married this is this is just a toxic relationship they right. mm-hmm. they i don't know if they used that word back then but it was toxic <laughs> it it definitely is that um bobby seeing the the whole russian influence how do you feel about kate blanchett there was some stuff that's interesting there, but to be honest, I feel like it was a bit of a missed opportunity to make her character a little bit more interesting. I mean, Kate Blanchett is a super great actor, obviously. I just feel like she wasn't used to her potential entirely. I mean, I think she could have been a super interesting character. Like, she was all into the whole, like, whatever, like, the power is of, like, the crystal skull to, like, control minds and stuff like that. And I think maybe, like, she was all into that, and I think they could have got taken that a little bit further and kind of made her more more interesting. But I felt like she just kind of was relegated a little bit to kind of like the like a henchman type. And I mean, in fact, we were joking about like how one of the Russians, where he was just telling them all to shut up, was our favorite character. But I mean, really, none <laughs> of them really like stood out a ton. So you you know, like some of these some movies, like the side characters are what kind of push it over the top for me where they're really interesting and they seem to have more than a one note kind of story to them. So unfortunately I think that there was a, there was a ton of opportunity there to make a super interesting character, but unfortunately I think it was a little bit missed. So I have a, I have a random question for you then. If we're talking about Harrison Ford movies and Russians, would you have much rather had Gary Oldman as the Russian villain in this movie? Take Gary Oldman uh, from Air Force One and put him as the villain, like yeah, right, yeah. I, I think I think that could have been interesting. 
so Gary Oldman had a clear objective. I wasn't so sure that I understood like Kate Blanchett's objective in this other than like, she seemed to be like an archeologist in her own right, like kind of interested in this kinds of stuff. But I mean, you I know, I feel like when you called her a henchman, it made so much sense to me. Like there should, there should have never... been someone bigger introduced. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if it was her, they really did have that character just kind of, I'm, you know, I may be the boss on paper, but she never really did much of anything. Maybe she had a sword fight. Or sorry, a fencing fight on a car <laughs> in the jungle. But I, yes, in the in the jungle. I I, I like henchmen for her character because it just never. It just seems like it wasn't elevated to the big status. I think I'm going to ask the big question now, Bobby. Were you ready for Shia LaBeouf to be the next Indiana Jones? I mean, it made sense to me at the time. I mean, I was interested to try to see something else. I think like since then, like it's been a little. I mean, whatever you watch, some of these old movies, you always have the history of what's happened since kind of affects what you see in this movie. And so I'm not so sure it would work out in hindsight so well, Mm -hmm. but I mean, Mm -hmm. clearly like, I guess he kind of had some issues and they clearly weren't going to go in that way, but it sure seemed like they wanted to. Well, Matt, I think you, did you say, Oh, hell no. What what (laughs) happened there at the end when, when he was picking up the, when he was picking up the, uh, the fedora. I love how like, we're just ignoring the rest of the movie going straight to the end. Just just, just to get the ending of the movie. (laughs) I'm talking about the character. We're talking about Bob Williams. I I think he did a good job. I think he like, he showed a lot of emotional range. Like he was crying and some, he clearly was like upset about Oxley's situation. Like, but I, I think the problem with his character is that it's kind of already like, you could see where it's going, right? He was kind of like the whole greaser, like, my name is Mud. I don't want to, you know, I'm an anti-establishment type of dude. Well, the second he meets Indiana Jones, he's like, hey, let me put on this hat and maybe my name can be Henry and maybe I could be whatever. <laughs> His dad is so cool. I, I, California Jones or whatever. But I mean, like, you know, it's like. I do find the irony in the fact that his name was Mutt and Indiana was the dog's yes. name. Yes. Right. Both of them yeah, using no, it's definitely more dogs' names. But I mean, the problem with it is like it looks to me like he was going to be just like a carbon copy type of Indiana Jones. Like I thought it was interesting when he was like a greaser type. Shouldn't he stick that way instead of just like be like a carbon copy of Indiana Jones with the fedora? But isn't that what like we that? learned in the third in the third movie? Didn't we learn that Indy just stole his complete style? From the guy who was raiding the right. original cave. <laughs> it's it's funny because like I feel I have the complete opposite opinion as Bobby. Oh, I, wow, okay. I I wish that his character would have been. I I remember when I was watching it, um, thinking I I I wasn't really into the whole greaser thing. It kind of got really annoying super quick. To me, it was just George Lucas just kind of to you know jerking himself off to nostalgia <laughs> because he's all about his American graffiti. And like, I, I don't want to watch Grease again. You know, like I, it was, it was, it was nasty. Then it's nasty now to watch or whatever. What I kind of wanted was more of, uh, and I can't remember his name, but the little sidekick character from uh, National Treasure. I would have much rather seen Shia LaBeouf with a character similar to that going throughout mm-hmm. this, so that he wasn't a carbon copy, but he did add stuff to it. Because the entire time, Mutt was just there so that Indiana can just spout exposition right. about yeah. stuff or whatever i wanted somebody right. who kind mm-hmm. of added to who kind of countered you know the arguments to a bunch of stuff and didn't really get that like i think that 
a little bit closer to Indiana Jones would have been more acceptable. So that like, I felt like he would want to be an archeologist. Um, I still, by the end of the movie, didn't really feel that way. Cause that's the whole point is Indiana Jones just isn't a guy who's, you know, doing all this action adventure stuff. He's got to actually be a nerd at the end of the day. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a sexy ass Harrison Ford nerd, but he's still a nerd nonetheless. And I would never have gotten that from Shea, the way that they presented him in this movie, unfortunately. Right. That well, is very true. He likes reading apparently. Oh, thanks. Well, I mean, we could talk about all that exposition right now. I think that leads into, you know, as we discover everything with the story and there's a crystal skull and it's an alien head and all that stuff. You know, as this went down the path of going into interdimensional species uh, with portals and and all the knowledge that is handed down from these these aliens uh, or sorry, inter- interdimensional species. Mm. Um, did you did you enjoy that they took it down this path? I think it was just a way to be like, oh, it's not a space alien. It's something else other than that. That kind of feels like a cop-out, though, a little bit, though, doesn't it? So they, they don't have to have people bring that up, that it was aliens or whatever. Like, it's still the same thing at the end of the day. I mean, they still went with the, like, with the traditional, like, 50s saucer type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, like, at the end of the day, that just means that we've misinterpreted interdimensional beings as aliens. They're still the things that people see in the sky and stuff like that, supposedly yeah, right. that crash in Roswell. They what what they say, like the little ones were like cousins of those aliens or something mm-hmm. was kind um, of the right of like, they're not the actual aliens. Cause like they also had crystal skulls too. Cause like they did, she kind of cut the ones head open um, mm-hmm. and showed it. it was like, Oh, but it's not the crystal skull. So it's like, mm-hmm. these are kind of like the runt versions of the actual ones. But like it's still everything that we know as aliens were these interdimensional beings the entire time, anyways. But to answer your question, no, I didn't. I didn't like that direction at all. I'm all into the sci-fi stuff, but it just didn't work for the context of this. I did love it, but I mean, maybe there's a a better deep dive that could have happened from there. I I think what I want to ask now, and we'll we'll all go through this uh, exercise here. Well, first I'll say, okay, we know another one's coming out. Bobby, you you already told us you're looking forward to it. Matt, are you looking forward to the next one? I will watch it, but I haven't decided if I'm looking forward to it or not, because <laughs> I still feel that uh, Last Crusade was the best send off for it. Sure. So I think that they're really going like, I will give it a chance. They're going to win the award for the series with the most send offs. It's going <laughs> to be like point. three of them by the time we're done. If they give thing. it a true, I think, if they, I think Lord of the Rings has that. Beat. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> There's enough fade outs at the end. I, I'll give it a chance. I think that if they do this, I want to see a real send off to it. I don't want to see vagueness. I don't know if I want to see Indiana Jones die at the end of it or anything like that, but I'd like to see, you know, kind of like what I saw at the end of Toy Story 3, you know, mm-hmm. seeing, you know, grown up Andy waving goodbye to his friends and then seeing him grow up and seeing the toys you know, continue on with the next child they're going to help make happy. Mm -hmm. Same thing with this. Like give me the send off that the series deserves, whatever that means. Like writing to the sunset was good. Him getting married at the end, not so much. Like that doesn't really tie into the character for me. Maybe whatever they do in that movie, it will be. And be like, listen guys, this is, you know, thank you. The end or something at the very end of it, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's I'm going to go with you where that nostalgia means Hollywood is getting our money, regardless of whether or not I'm looking forward to it. They're, they're going to there's going to be enough of us that say, OK, let's just pop down the money and 
and go sit through and see maybe just maybe they can rekindle the, the fire that uh, I think we have for number three. But now that leads to the next question. I want you to rank everything we've watched so far. <laughs> rank these Indiana Jones films. Bobby, you're going first. I'm oh, going to hear no, why? What, is your, <laughs> what is your priority of <laughs> the four we've watched? What is the best one? Rank them in order for me. Tell me tell me your order for the Indiana Jones films from, from best to worst. Okay. I'm going to go with Last Crusade first, then Raiders, then Doom, <laughs> then this one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I just think that this one, like... It was kind of missing some of the organic grittiness that some of the other ones had. You know, I was confused about some of the aesthetic choices. Like, and even in some of the scenes, it just kind of looked too staged to me. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't know if that's because of like the CG or because I'm just cynical about the CG, but I kind of like the organic feel of the previous ones better. But Last Crusade tops it for you. Yeah. Matt, your orders is the same as Bobby's, or is it different? It's different. Uh, so obviously, this one's the best. Um, the... <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because like I feel like the question really is, at least to me, is why is Crusade better than Raiders, and why is like in Bobby's case, Temple better than um, this one, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like, I feel like that's the real question that mm. uh, I guess is kind of out there. Cause it's mm. like, why would you choose the upper two? Cause like, to me, it's the same order at the beginning. I think that last crusade, you know, and we, you know, if you go back and you listen, I like the pacing. I like the dynamic between the two, uh, Harris, Harrison and Sean. I think it was great with Raiders. It didn't hold up as well as I remember. And I feel like it's probably because they didn't quite have the formula yet at that point. Um, and so it was a little bit more slow and there was parts of it that I just, it just didn't hold together. Um, and then I think I'd probably rate this one higher than temple temple, but it's a, it, it was so tough. The entire, the entire time I was thinking to myself, I knew which one were my first two going into this, yeah. that it was crusade followed by Raiders. And then I was like, if, you know, there's a, if there's a small gap between, crusade and raiders there was a large gap between raiders <laughs> and this one and then i think a really razor thin gap between this one and temple as far as like which one's which and i think that the only reason this one beats out even a little bit is the fact that at least he chose to do all this at least <laughs> he was making i it's not a great one it's not nearly as great but he's trying to again help out this kid find his friend or whatever, you know, that was lost in the, you know, Incan jungles or whatever. And so like he had a reason to do it as opposed to temple. He fell out of a plane and just <laughs> fell across this thing and risked his life for this random but village. In, te in temple, his decision was whether or not to keep this, keep the stones. I think he doesn't keep anything. He never no, keeps I'm... the stuff. That was never a question. He never keeps the thing. I know. But... Okay. <laughs> This is I fantastic. Think it was, in the beginning Matt, with the fortune glory thing, I think there was a little bit of a hint that he was in it for I, something I, other than just the archaeological study itself. Matt, I'm glad your order is different because my order matches Bobby. I'd rather just have the nostalgia moments and see the old films and probably watch this one again. So that can lead into our final question, <laughs> as we always do. Matt, are you telling people to watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? I really hope that the next one doesn't reference anything from this movie 
so that you can watch <laughs> so that you can watch Crusade and go straight into <laughs> Dial of Destiny. Do not watch this movie. If you're an Indiana Jones fan, it will only let you down. If you're a Shia LaBeouf fan, it'll probably let you down. If you're in any, if you're what is it, William Hurt? If you're a William Hurt fan, you're gonna hate this. Like you're 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 not going to enjoy John Hurt. Sorry, not William. John Hurt. So good in Hellboy. Like there's no reason to watch this movie unless you're a fan of Gophers and nuclear fridges. I guess. Oh man, nuclear fridges are key, Bobby. He's telling people to watch this one. Well, I was about to say yes until you said those two words, nuclear fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgot. I had to kind of block that out of my head. Man, there was a lot going on in this movie. You know what, man? Like, watch it. Because just to see what those words, nuclear fridge, mean, you should watch it. And then, I mean, the music, there's, there's stuff to it that's fun. You know, but go into it thinking that it's a... It's a B alien movie and there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff happening and that'll be it. I feel like through this experience, I've learned that uh, you can make multiple movies in a, in a, in a series of films, technically all themed together. And some of them you just never, ever need to watch again. And this would fall into that for me. <laughs> Say the same thing about matrix four, but that's a different conversation. Oh. Um, it's you know it was a movie and if you really feel like you got the popcorn out and you just want to be on your phone the whole time maybe put it on i mean we talked about fast and the furious during the last crusade this is like fast and furious for sure with the explosions and the waterfalls and all sorts of crazy stuff how dare you sir i would much (laughs) rather watch any of those movies i will watch tokyo drift before i watch this movie again I think that is a resounding listener. You know exactly what to do with this particular movie. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, you are of interest to the Bureau of Great Interest. <laughs>